When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, uh, so the Mets, huh? <laughs> Not just the Mets. <laughs> just. Oh, what a game to perfectly espouse. It's just the Mets. Yeah, I mean, they get to that point and they lay the goose egg. They metsed it. They metsed it away. And like, Like, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you know, credit to Musgrove. Musgrove was dealing. He was filthy. But, I mean, for the payroll that the Mets have now, and the way they've been talking the talk, you can't you can't go down like that. I mean, I'll tell you, Mets Twitter last night was it it bordered on pathetic to the point where in the ESNY uh, Slack chat, some of the Mets folk there have been like, no, no, no Mets fans are terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mean, that, they're saying, oh, like Musgrove's cheating. Musgrove's cheating. No, Joe Musgrove is a good pitcher. Joe Musgrove is just signed a one hundred million dollar extension with his hometown San Diego Padres, and he had a sub three ERA this year. I mean, two point eight four. The guy can pitch. Yeah. Now, granted, if spin rate is up across all games this year, you know what that means? That means MLB, per usual, is fucking with the baseball. Yep. You know this is what they do. They want tight playoff games to get more TV viewership. You know what that means? Low scoring games, unless you're the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays, because why be traditional in that regard? <laughs> Hi, folks. It is Bleacher Record. Uh, Bleacher Record. Bleacher Creatures, episode 145, brought to you as always by XL Media, Elite Sports NY, the voice, the pulse of New York City sports, part of Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. Uh, so we are recording this, folks, on Monday night uh, in just a shade under 24 hours, about 23 and a half hours at this point. Yankees Guardians, game one. Uh, Alec, how are we feeling? You know, a part of me is like, perfect. The Rays are out. The Blue Jays are out. Like, I'm like, I'm the Mets are out. Huh? And the Mets are out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I don't want to say that stars are aligning for a really good run, but the stars are aligning for a really good run. Uh, that being said, this entire postseason already has been an absolute shit show. So yeah. I am kind of afraid to see what is going to happen in the in a best of five series against a team like Cleveland. I mean, so I don't know how I feel. I'm a little bit like I, I was texting a buddy of mine. I was just like, so when is the time to start uh, being worried for the Yankees? And he goes right before the start of game one. Yeah, no, he's absolutely he's absolutely right, because. Like, people don't realize the Yankees and uh, Cleveland, we'll use this term, like formerly the Indians, currently the Guardians, 
do, do you guys actually have a pretty solid playoff rivalry? Ever, yeah. ever since the wild card era, you've got 97, the ALDS goes to five games. Yankees have a lead in game four, but surprise, Sandy Alomar Jr. hits the home run, ties the game. We all know how that goes. The uh, Cleveland goes on to win game five goes and loses game seven of the World Series. 98, Yankees win in six at the Chuck Knobloch game. They come down from 2-1. Uh, 2017, you have the <clears throat> you have the wild card series all over again, down 2-0. Greg Bird home run. Luis Severino comes in, pitches his ass off. Back in Cleveland, Dee Gregorius, two home runs. That great Brett Gardner at bat. And then in 2020, the, the, the wild and random COVID postseason, empty uh, progressive field, take two out of three there. So on paper, you have to figure fortune favors the Yankees. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because Cleveland, great team. They can pitch. I'm not going to take that away from them at all. Terry Francona, give a team of nothing to Terry Francona. He'll he'll turn something into it or or turn it into something rather. Mm -hmm. And like Shane Bieber, he's a great pitcher. But at the same time, Alec, like you've seen this as well, the Cleveland Guardians this year, they played really good baseball after the All-Star break in the weakest division in the entire league. Yeah, yeah. They, they, They literally failed upward into first place. Yeah. It took a really mediocre season from Chicago. And, you know, they are a very strange team to evaluate. Um, I, I mean, like, they didn't really do much against Tampa, but they just did they did just enough. Yeah. Um so yeah, I you know, there are the three names that kind of scare me on that on that club. J Ram, Bieber, Classe. Yeah. Um so I like the Yankees need to find a way to neutralize those three guys. J Ram especially, because like yeah. I I actually looked up looked up his numbers last night when I was putting together the um Yankees Guardians ESNY series preview for the ALDS. Jose Ramirez, get this, 363 career hitter against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium 437. Yeah. And yet yeah. and and yet this year he did nothing against them. He had he had two hits against the Yankees, one of which was a double. Uh, I think he, I think he batted exactly 100 against mm-hmm. the Yankees this year. No home runs or RBIs. Yeah. And that's over 6 games. So, I mean, the Yankees are going to have to take advantage of having the bye week. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who Cleveland would be throwing game one. Would it be uh, Cal Quantrill? Cal Quantrill's been announced. Quantrill? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got to take advantage of that because I don't know when they're going to see Bieber. Game, um, uh, it, Cleveland's rotation, it's game one, it's going to be Cal Quantrill against Cole. Game two, it's Bieber against Nestor. Okay. Game three uh, in Cleveland, it's Luis Severino against Tristan McKenzie. That's the lineup. Okay. So, like, I mean, I like our chances pitching-wise in games one and three, and then I, I would say game two is just kind of like a coin flip, you know? Like, I, I think that's that not it, disrespect to Nestor. That's just, you know, Shane Bieber is good. Yeah, and Shane Bieber, like his career ERA against the Yankees in three starts, it's like close to six. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, this is not to take away from how good Cleveland's pitching is because – We've on paper we see it like both both Bieber and Tristan McKenzie had sub three ERAs this year. Yeah, but at the same time, when you're playing in a division like the Central, okay, you just you said it yourself. The White Sox mediocre underachievers. Uh, the Twins 
kind of blew the blue first place second half collapse uh the guardians they were two games over 500 at the break got hot look where they are now and they didn't make any serious trades either uh detroit tigers royally underachieved the royals full rebuild yeah so when your division is for lack of a better word like sort of like an island of misfit toys Mm-hmm. It's easy to stand out when you get hot at the right time. That yeah. said, the worst thing the Yankees can possibly do is sleep on this on this Guardians team. Yeah, um, and I would hope that the Yankees won't do that. That you know, hopefully they look at it as an opportunity to where they can make some serious, you know, headway into this postseason. Um, you know, not not to look too far ahead. You know, towards a potential date with the Astros and the ALCS, but you know, you don't have to face the demon that is Tampa Bay. No. Um you don't have to face the Blue Jays where they're young and you know aggressive enough yeah to where anything could happen there. Um and I think recent success would have the Yankees feeling good about this matchup. But you know hopefully it is gonna be all business going into tomorrow night's game. Much like every Yankee playoff series since we'll say 2003 because on vacation I read the Yankee years mm-hmm. uh, by Joe Torre and Tom Verducci finally it's all about like back then during the latter half of like the dark ages as you called them when we were talking about the captain the issue was more like okay you got the bare bones of the core you got Jeter, Posada, Williams, Rivera Pettit's there for a hot minute this got this core who knows how to win then you, all of a sudden all these free agents all these veterans that you're playing plug and play with with like, yeah, some guys like Robinson Cano might hit uh, and come up from the minors. But at the same time, like that culture isn't there. These are guys who are still learning how to function in New York, how to win together. And the Yankees right now, yeah, it was a this year, we'll agree. Relatively new group compared to last season, right? Yeah. And yet, because of that slog in July and August and parts of and like early on in September, when everyone was hurt, oh, okay. Yeah, the team's kind of banged up. But now with this new group, we know how to win together, at least over a small sample. Yeah, yeah. I think they, you know, they found their stride at the end of the season, which I think is going to help them big time. Um, And, you know, even the inclusion of guys like Oswaldo Cabrera, you know, or I I think it would be fair to say like a guy like Isaiah Kiner-Ferleffa was starting swinging a little bit more of a confident bat. Yeah. Yeah. like suddenly these guys start feeling good about themselves at the right time. And now they really get to enter this, this, you know, sprint where everything that happened before doesn't matter anymore. Like if you're a pencil in the starting lineup, you get a fresh new start. And now is the time to, you know, really put it all together because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have the guys like judge and Rizzo, leading the way and yeah you know, hope that glaber is going to be a factor into it um and you know i you know we've talked about this i think ad nauseum but you know cabrera needs to be your starting left fielder um and, or, or maybe it, maybe he'll be in the infield if um if lemayhu doesn't make the alds roster yeah exactly so you know i, I think they have they have a lot of flexibility i feel like more flexibility than they haven't have had in the past and yeah. hopefully, you know, Boone pushes the right buttons and this team is going to perform. Based on what I'm seeing on social media, everyone's just kind of loose and working at the stadium. They're just kind of treating it like like any other day. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and Judge, I mean, you li- you listen to him in the press conferences. He was going to have that whole stone face Derek Jeter, Kobe Bryant mentality, like, no, no, job's not done. We got a lot left to do. The job yeah. isn't done. And then Stan, he's starting to get hot. You see him looking a lot looser out on the field. So he's probably solved that hole in his swing. And hopefully someone like Donaldson gets going and just sort of feeds off the adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, kind of going back to Stanton, I think it would be safe to say that like Stanton is a, a 12, 16 game player. I mean, you know, he's a guy who sh- has shown up in the big moments. I'm, I'm pulling up his stats right now. Um, he's shown up in the big moments. He was a monster. Was it last year or the year before? Like, I mean, no, no matter how you slice it, October, Giancarlo Stanton, that, that guy's a dog. Yeah, in, in four years of playoff appearances, all with New York, he's hitting 297 with a 1.108 OPS. He's got nine home runs in 18 games. Yeah, so he's seeing the ball really well. Now, granted, even if you factor juice balls into the equation a little bit at that point, then, okay, it's easy for him to look good. But at the same time, he's Giancarlo freaking Stanton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like you got Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Torres, all clicking four guys at the top of that lineup. That that puts you in a good position already. Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, like, look. I mean, look. You you played. You you'll you'll agree. Like, and a lineup feeds off of each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Like that. There's there is a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when certain components of that lineup aren't producing, it puts a little bit added pressure to the next cog in the machine. And right. then they start pressing a little bit and then, it, you know, then it's the more of the role players on that team who are looking at the guy, like the go-to guys. And if they're seeing the go-to guys aren't getting it done, it leaves a bad feeling in the mouth, like, you know, or bad taste in the mouth, I should say, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. But like it, it, it helps out now that there's more of a, more of a, um, a trusting aspect because someone, like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, like Anazi Cabrera. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to say this from my high school years as someone who was kind of like a whole field contact hitter. Just having that player who, like, no matter what, you can look and say, okay, that guy's going to get on base. Like, no matter what, he's not oh, going to yeah. get he's not going to get on base or making out like 50-50. Like, yeah. we know that's going to happen. Just know, like, it's not about who's going to get that big swing. Just having confidence that okay, this guy might not get a pretty hit, but he's going to find a way just to get on and then just yeah. keep, just extend the inning again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, like that was a uh, like my experience in high school and in college, where both cases I was like the number four hitter, and our guys, our one and two hitters, just were dogs and would get on base and steal yeah. base and getting the scoring position. And then the number three hitter and then myself, we would just sit there and clean up. And yeah. you know, my the number three hitter and myself, we would have RBI competitions throughout the season. And we'd, <laughs> we'd see who'd, who'd win. And, you know, that was like, that kept us loose because like we, yeah, we, we just wanted to outdo each other, but in the like spirit of competition. And so you can see it like when the Yankees are going or things are going well with the Yankees and you can see it when those four guys that you mentioned earlier are, are clicking when it's G judge Rizzo. You know, when they're the big boppers and then Glaber can tr- contribute with his, you know, power, but then is also just spraying balls all over the outfield. Like yeah. all of a sudden that team, you know, it's really deep, really deep. But, you know, yeah, yeah. you're just firing at the same time. Because if they're not going to do it, you know, 
it, it's it's going to be hard to win, you know, three games with the bottom half. This is where – this is why I think that when push comes to shove, it's going to be a pitching-based series Yeah, because we all know how, how much the Yankees can underachieve in October. We've witnessed it firsthand all over way too many years to count. Meanwhile, on the Cleveland side, the time of that lineup, those are very tough outs. Like Stephen Kwan, he's – I'm pretty sure this was over a full season. Had 60 strikeouts the entire year. Six. Yeah, yeah. I, if I remember hearing, like he's in, he's one of the leading contenders for the American League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably be like a top three guy. I mean, th- this was someone who at one point was batting 298 and was sixth in the American League. Yeah, I mean, he he finished the year hitting. 298 with a 373 on base percentage, and he walked more than he struck out. And how many games was he in? 147 games. Yeah, so for all all intents and purposes, yeah, for all intents and purposes, that's a full season. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He he had over 550 at-bats, so. Yeah, I mean, like, if you could, like, if you could say that a player plays in minimum 145 games, you could say, okay, the rest were all various maintenance days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he played a full season, and he's a very tough out. And same with Jose Ramirez, same with guys like, I mean, Oscar Gonzalez beat the Rays pitching. He had beat Corey <laughs> Kluber on a home with a home run. Now, granted, like that series, I think was more uh, a referendum on just on just how much the Rays lineup underachieved this year because that was the story of their season. Great pitching, can't score runs to save their life. Like how yeah. all, like so many games against the Yankees that we've said we've seen this over the years and this year, the Rays they. They change the game with one swing. They they fail upward, have one good at bat, one good inning. That's it. Yeah. I'm looking at the Cleveland roster right now, and yeah, it, it, this for any Yankee fans out there who are thinking that this is going to be a walk in the park, you know, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but I think this is going to be a hard-fought series. I mean, on paper, it's a walk in the park, but given the atmosphere of playoff baseball, this is probably going to be a tough series. Like that said, I think the Yankees are going to win it in four. But but even then, I mean, like you know, the the Indian or the Guardians have four hitters who hit over two eighty. Yeah, Quan, J Ram, and who else? Uh, Ahmed Rosario hit two eighty three. Oh, and uh, Andres Jimenez. Yeah, and Jimenez hit uh, two ninety seven. Jimenez, Jimenez had a really good year. Yeah, he yeah he did. He uh, OPS of eight thirty seven, only yeah. struck out one hundred twelve times. I mean. Yeah, you know, this team does not strike out a lot. Yeah, that that's that's why they're such a tough out because like they'll they're kind of like the the second half of the Yankees lineup. They're gonna put the ball in play, and you'd better hope that your fielders are in the right position. Yeah. Plain and simple. And uh yeah, I mean I think the Yankees have a better top three pitching than than Cleveland does. I mean, yeah. I think if you can get past Bieber and McKenzie steal a game against one of those guys i think then you're in pretty good shape mckenzie i'm more concerned about just because i remember watching him pitch against the yankees back in i think it was july that curveball is dirty yeah like the the guy can pitch like he's got a he's got a real old school vibe to him and oh god as someone who's obsessed with pitching I, i love watching the guy and he threw 191 innings yeah, so Yankees in four. Like when I wrote the prediction, I said, "Yeah, Tristan McKenzie. That like those off-speed pitches are a little too good." So, yeah, because yeah, Quantrill, yeah, okay, he can pitch, but 
he's still a number three pitcher pitching game one. Bieber, good, can be gotten to. McKenzie, don't know what to expect from him. Yeah. yeah again, the Yankees should win this series in four games. Yeah. Yeah. I well, agree. Is that, so you're, all, right, all right, great. Uh, but we can have a sigh of relief about this. No Araldis Chapman this playoffs. Round of applause. Golf so lap. No, yeah. So no, yeah. <laughs> did you read Lindsay Adler's piece in The Athletic? Uh, I did not, but I saw that there was – he was informed that there is no guarantee that okay. he was going to All right, so, so this story begins at the start of the season. Okay. All right, so you remember from spring training uh, or early in the season, Chapman saying, like, hey, like, I, I want to stay with the Yankees. I'd like an extension. Now, even if he had an all-star season, anyone could have told you, Araldis Chapman is not coming back to the Yankees. Right. He, he just isn't. He's almost 35 years old. His velocity's down. And again, even if he had the best season, it was time to move on to a younger and more inexpensive option in the bullpen. That's what Cashman does. College Arms International Draft. We're going to beat the dead horse again. <laughs> so, so then uh, Lindsay reported... Um, how for most of his Yankees tenure, Chapman, yeah, he kind of did his own thing when it came to workouts. Like the, yeah. the rest of the bullpen kind of did more team-oriented stuff. Chapman was kind of allowed to do his own thing. And management and his teammates were more than happy to have that be the thing as long as he was pitching well. Yeah. Word is that this year the staff was like, hey, like maybe you're not pitching well. Maybe you should work, with, work out with the team more. And then he just kind of checked out. And another instance, remember the, the tattoo infection? Yeah. Apparently, it was so bad that there was like a full inch and a half thick thing of pus, like oozing out of out of the, uh, the tattoo. He was spiking a fever, being like, no, no, I can go, I can go, I can go. Right when his redemption tour is supposed to start, and it blows up in his face. I, I You just checked out. Yeah. As someone who has tattoos, I don't know how the hell you let it get that bad, unless it was just a buddy tattooing him in the back room of his house like like look even if even if that was the case like like as someone who also has tattoos what's the first thing they tell you after they after you're done in the chair aquaphor non-bacterial soap yep and and the easiest thing to do yeah and chapman has more tattoos than the two of us combined yeah he's got two mega sleeves so he's either been super lucky or is just and is just an idiot or I don't know, maybe it was like you said, like a backyard thing. But anyway, I digress. So apparently what happened was um, the season ended last Wednesday in Texas, right? On the 5th? Yeah. Uh, the Yankees had the following day planned off. Chapman flew home to Miami and was told like, hey, like you're going to Miami, but like you got to throw batting practice at Friday's workout. That's a mandatory workout. And Chapman asked, like this, and Bob Nightingale from USA Today reported this. Chapman said, "I'll come to the workout if I'm guaranteed a spot on the roster." And Boone and his crew were like, "We can't really guarantee that." And then Chapman just no showed. So yeah. this is someone who is on the wrong side of thirty, is going to be thirty-five uh, right before spring training games start next year, and now between this. And his long track record of not pitching well in recent years, what team is going to sign him? Yeah, uh, a, a des- not even a desperate team, a team that has nothing to play for. 
and and probably is hoping to you know get him back to form and then trade him at the deadline for pieces like a Royals team maybe or I I, I don't know I mean I mean you you just nailed it Alex uh, again when push comes to shove Aurelis Chapman he's probably going to be playing baseball somewhere next year but he's going to have maybe three, four one-year offers at an absolute minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael K said today how, like, look, he when he threw 105 miles per hour, he was special. Guess what? He's not special anymore. And apparently there are rumors that uh, not having sticky stuff anymore is what's affecting his command. Yeah. I'm like, with the amount he sweats. <laughs> that, that, that's actually a good point. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's on his last legs. And, you yeah. know, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, but like, you get what I'm saying. Um, good luck somewhere else. We, you know, good luck, good riddance. It's re- it's strange because I actually looked at his career splits earlier today, and for his career, he, in May and June, his career ERA it's like in the mid threes. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time, 2.03. Hmm. So it just goes to show, like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, those losses at the time are meaningless. But when you play in a competitive division like the AL East, those losses add up. And then all of a sudden, cut to September, you're five games behind because Chapman blew five games over a two-month stretch. Yeah, especially when they're against AL East rivals. Yeah. <laughs> or other or otherwise beatable opponents like the Angels. Yep. Smell ya. Yeah, I'm not missing them. Yeah. All right, but here's a question for you: Which player do you want to see just absolutely go off in the ALDS? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think there's something special. I'm going to have like several answers to this uh, because it's also probably going to be me just talking myself through choosing one. Okay. Um, Welcome to baseball therapy with Alec Montecalvo. Yes. Yes. Um, A red hot October Giancarlo stand is a sight to behold. Yes. Just always like welcomed. Like, yeah, that's what we need. Matching home runs with torn calf muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Judge, just because, like, you know, continued the greatness. Um, Can I complain for a second about how I was in the middle of the fucking Atlantic Ocean when number 62 happened? (laughs) Oh, my cruises. Oh, God. I was so mad. Like, I was I was staying in the room, like, pretty much like babysitting. So my wife and her mom could go off and do their own thing on the last night of the cruise. And because of like the cruise, like the crappy Disney cruise Wi-Fi, I was still getting Twitter notifications, even though I couldn't interact with them. All of a sudden, like John Morosi, Aaron Judge has hit number sixty-two. My wife and I, like over WhatsApp, we both messaged each other, like, "Really? On the last <laughs> night of the cruise? Really?" My uh, so like that was the day of the doubleheader, and my buddy said first at bat in game one, Judge was going to go yard, and I, and I text him when he did it in game two. It was like, dude, you were just a game too late. <laughs> it also still absolutely blows my mind that he hit number sixty-two. In game 161, 61 years later, or 61 years after Roger Maris hit 61 in 1961. Baseball is crazy. Um, yeah. So red out Aaron Judge for reasons. Yeah, for reasons. Um, I'm vibing hard with Ozzy. 
I oh, think if Ozzy just so came out and was a spark plug and just is lashing everything into the power alley, I like, yeah, I, I would probably go crazy. Um, but like, you know, if if we're relying on him to go, be hot, we're in deep trouble. Um, I will publicly eat crow if Glaber goes off. So I'll probably go with Glaber. I mean, as good as Glaber's been, I still think it would be better if the Yankees traded him at this point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, just yeah. have your middle infield be Peraza and Cabrera. Yeah. Until uh, Volpe comes up, but then have your infield be Peraza, Cabrera, Volpe. Boom, I'm in heaven. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I want to see. I'm all aboard the Trevino train, still, man. <laughs> Jose's my guy. Yeah. I, hey, I I love Trevino. I. Yeah. I'll I'll take that for sure. I think, I think he's gonna have a couple of he's gonna have at least one or two RBI singles in the series that are gonna have the house see, rocking. I could see him having like the geo moment. There are oh shows. yeah, yeah in twenty twenty. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. So, uh, yeah. bigger question: uh, Who's the closer? Because Boone's saying they're kind of gonna they're gonna go by committee, which, whew, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little scary. Um, I mean, the good news is Holmes says he he feels good, which, like, going back to when we had Max Greenfield on the show, he was right. Holmes has just been tired all year. Yeah. So so now, like, thanks to Matt Blake and Harkey and his whole coaching team, he'll probably have a good plan in the offseason, so he'll be fully stretched out next year and be good to go. Yeah. Uh, I would probably probably save Holmes for low leverage situations just to see where he's at. Mm -hmm. I I guess Efros. Maybe Uh, I think it's got to be Trevino. Lou Trevino. I don't. I I know you say he's got good underlying numbers. I there's something about him that I don't trust. Like, well, I I mean, I mean, he he and Holmes have the same problem. When their slider isn't working, that's that's it's game over. But the good news for Trevino is that he throws at least four other pitches on top of his slider that he can try and incorporate into the mix along with his fastball. You yeah. just gotta you just gotta hope that of like the five or six that he throws, he's got at least three of them working. Yeah. Okay. Because he's gonna be a piece of that bullpen for at least a couple more years. Because I think <laughs> I think uh, he's got two arbitration years left, maybe one. Does he really? I feel like he's yeah. been forever. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, you mentioned Loisaga, who, yeah, absolutely give him an opportunity. I've got nothing but good things to say about Scott Efros. I think that every Major League Baseball closer should be a soft tosser who induces ground balls and doesn't walk people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just like a play-by-committee. Just see what guys are hitting against a certain pitcher in a certain situation and just go with that. Having Wandy back is also going to be a big help. Yeah. I don't get, just don't – Lucas Lickie cannot – Get any innings. It's it's so strange because if you look at Litke this year compared to last year, this version of him is better. Because like because I remember what I remember watching Litke last year. He was going to that damn cutter and slider the whole time, just relying on location. But this year, you could tell he's being at least a little more aggressive mm-hmm. and, and is locating it more in the middle of the zone more and still throwing guys off. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is with Litke, but kind of the same thing with Trevino is. Well, Licky's also like fairly older compared to the rest of the guys in the pen, right? He's yeah, I mean, pretty... he's thirty-five. I mean, yeah, he, he pitched to a two sixty-seven. I mean, his FIP was supposed to be three hundred three. 
But I don't know. There's like I don't know if it's just his stuff doesn't wow me, and therefore that affects my, you know, view of him. But he's he's kind of at the bottom of the trust tree right now. Yeah, I mean, like I'm in a high leverage situation, like a seventh or eighth inning. I'm not going to him unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, but I think that let, let's say we get to game four and Jamison Tyone has to take the ball or Domingo Herman. Handing the ball to Litke in the in the fifth inning, regardless of circumstance, I'm going to feel okay doing that. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, you got the playoff nervous bad. I can tell. Well, I I don't know. I don't know if it's so much as like the playoff nerves, but I'm also kind of like pissed because sure enough, tomorrow the NHL season starts and the Rangers are opening against the Lightning. So. <laughs> It's like it's like the worst situation because like I really don't want to start the NHL season against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is your um, family going to the game? No, no. I think it's actually at Madison Square Garden. Oh, I think it was, in, it was at uh, Amelie for some reason. Oh well, but um, so it's like, oh, am I going to flip between watching the Rangers? play against the bugaboo that is Tampa or am I going to flip to playoff baseball with a team I'm invested in you know if it was a team I was not invested in like cool great I'll say I'll say this much Uh, regardless of how we finish this year the fact that the Yankees are finishing ahead of the Mets that's a win enough for me (laughs) Can, can you imagine if the Yankees and Mets both made the NLDS or the their respective division series. The Yankees lost. The Mets went all the way forward and won it all. We'd never hear the end of it. Even oh, at absolutely. that point, they'd still they'd still just be the Mets because I'm I'm sorry, twenty seven rings to three, like yeah. it's an it's a numbers game. But even so, like they've got like the Mets fans would be oh like, we we won it all. We own New York. Look, you know I, I go ahead. I was going to say, like, I love the how rival teams, especially in New York, yeah. where, you know, Mets fans would be like, well, we made it to the World Series in, you know, the last 20 years or whatever, like the last 10, 15 years. Um, and it's just like, you still lost. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, I'd rather not make the – I'd rather – just not make the World Series in general than make the World Series and loss. You see it with like Islander fans too. When they talk about the Rangers, like, well, the Islanders lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven games in the Eastern Conference final. And it's like, we both lost. That's not yeah. to brag about that you lasted one more game. So okay, great, great. You got to the got to the golf course a day later than we did. Mazel tov. Yeah, yeah. So we like we still ended up in the same position. It's kind of like, you know, it's People can, I don't know, people shit on Jeter all the time. But, like, you know, I saw the other day that video of, I don't know what year it was. Was it 2013 or 12 where the Yankees find out that they clinched the division and the team is all congratulating each other. And it's like Jeter's just sitting on the top step and he's not reacting to anything. He's like, what are we celebrating for? You know, like at the end of the day, if you don't win at all, I don't care how far you go. You still lost. Yeah. So, I mean, Jeter also has an unhealthy obsession with winning, if we're being completely honest. And it's, no, he and does. He does. Um, yeah, it's, and it's an obsession that has poisoned a generation of Yankees fans, myself, uh, ourselves included. 
Yes, uh, but credit to him for trying to improve on that. We love to yep. see self development and improvement. Yes, we um, do. We do. <laughs> that said, if Brian Cashman decides to step down, I will gladly hand Derek Jeter the keys to the kingdom. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. President of baseball operations, Derek Jeter in Yankee Stadium. Oh my God! Like the the New York media wouldn't know what to do with itself. <laughs> they're, they're like, um, God, isn't getting a quote out of Leon Rose hard enough? <laughs> Leon Rose, the Knicks president, who does not talk to the media, we hate him for it. And yet he drafts incredibly well. There you go. Anyway, all this to say, and I think maybe we could close with this, folks. This Yankees team won 99 games this year. Remember at the start of spring training, even after the Donaldson trade, they were pegging this as a third-place team, not even a playoff team in some cases. I do remember that. 99 wins, the number two seed in the American League, fresh off a bye week, Playing a team that they should beat on paper. The Astros this year, still a very good team. Not the big scary monster they used to be because guess what? They also play in a bad division. The Mariners, really good team. Glad they beat the Blue Jays, but they're beatable too. Now, I'm not saying the Yankees are going to like run roughshod through the playoffs. This is still, they could blow this too. But look, they have gotten themselves in arguably the best position they could have asked for. Absolutely. Oh, Oh, like they're not the number one seed. Okay, boo-hoo. They still get a bye. Yeah. And, and guess what? If the Astros are eliminated, great. The Yankees still have home field advantage. Yeah, that's all that yeah, That's all that matters. They just needed to win the division and be the second best team in the American League. Yeah, and they did. Yeah. So, now, and, and guess what? Guess what? We're going to put this out there right now. If, God forbid, the Guardians sweep the Yankees, guess what? Aaron Boone isn't getting fired. He's not. <laughs> he's just not. Aaron Boone is saying... Brian Cashman, even though we just had the little Derek Jeter bit earlier, he's probably staying too. He is going his he and his analytics guys will live to fight on another five year contract. Just watch. I don't know if I can take another five years. Oh, dude! Like so, reading the Yankee years when you read just about how Cashman instituted analytics around the '06 season, mm-hmm. it's like the best way to describe it is that he. It seems like he loved the idea of analytics. But wasn't sure how to execute on. Like apparently, his guys thought that Wilson Betamine. Oh, like th- this guy's going to be another David Ortiz. Oh Jesus! And we all know how that ended. Yeah, yeah, because they they, they kind of yeah they they fell uh, they fell in love too much with the gambling aspect of it. It seems. But look, like at the same time, in the last we'll say, in the last six years, you've said this before. Brian Cashman has not made a move that's been objectively bad. Yeah, some haven't worked out. Joey Gallo was a disaster. But guess what? At the time of the Joey Gallo trade, that's what the Yankees needed. They needed someone who was going to loosen up the clubhouse and mash the ball along with Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. And look, it didn't work out. He went to Los Angeles. He's also got a chance to win a World Series ring right now. Glad he's happy. But guess what? This was a good Yankee season. Win or lose. 99 wins and first in the AL East. It tastes great, man. It tastes yeah. great. Yeah, it absolutely does. Absolutely does. Um, let's hope it doesn't end with that. Will you be drinking during the games? Probably not. I don't know. That's like, a lie. I, we I, both I will this, be. I mentioned this a few weeks. Uh, I mentioned this, uh, like, I think a month ago. I sat through the Rangers' improbable run last year. Nothing can hurt me anymore. <laughs> I watched, about, I watched my Rangers go up 2-0 against the Tampa Bay Lightning and squander it. I am dead inside. 
What about when the Giants go four and thirteen the rest of the way? You watch your damn mouth. <laughs> Be quiet or I'll force feed you some Hawaiian pizza. Oh God. No. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is Brian Dable, he's my guy. And uh him. and remember the, you know what the moral the moral of this episode is? It's just the Mets. It's just the Mets. Just oh wait, actually, Mets. I do want to. I, I do want to say one more thing. Yeah. Vladdy Jr. I found the movie to be poorly acted and oh, a little bit go underwhelming. In, go in. Uh, you did a pretty bad job of defending your house. Let's just say that. So. Uh, I'm gonna get on this too. It's uh, Vladdy. Oh, Vladdy, 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 Vladdy. And we, we're going to throw a bow in there just for fun. Yeah. The, oh, God. The, the, this was the water world of baseball seasons. <laughs> so much hype, so much bluster, so much drama. Like, oh, God, like first week of spring training, Sports Illustrated. Oh, Blue Jays over. I think it was the Dodgers in six games. Blue Jays are going to win the division. <laughs> and they lost to the Mariners in the wild card at home. In one of the most epic collapses in postseason baseball. Eight to one. Oh, God. They, they, they did what the Yankees couldn't do in 2004 game seven. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That, that said, the Mariners, the Mariners deserve it. Oh, absolutely. I love the Mariners. I I mean, Julio Rodriguez is the, the guy. Like, Yeah, he, he is that motherfucker. He is. I mean, and if they – I think they – could possibly beat Houston because they have the pitching. Um, oh yeah, I, I I have a friend who's a who's an A's fan and knows that division very well. And I said to him, "Just you watch the Mariners with that pitching; they're going to take the Astros to the fucking mat. Like yeah. it has it has every potential to be a low scoring, down to the wire series that's going to be changed with literally one swing." Yep. I mean that that's been the story of the Astros this year. They're like under Dusty Baker, they are more than happy to just take those walks and win those games with that one swing. It's not the hit parade it used to be. Yeah. It, it's not trash can team anymore. <laughs> anyway, folks, this has been a great episode. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll probably be have some live reactions featuring myself uh, right after the games. Maybe Alec can jump in on a couple of those, depending on the time. We'll probably get some more ES and wires on as well. Uh, or maybe it'll just be me crying and rambling into the microphone all by myself, which we all love to hear. Uh, Alec, got anything else to add? No, that's all I got. All right, folks. Uh, enjoy the ALDS, and hopefully we will uh, we will survive this. 